0: Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit! Today's special guest, from Boston Open Radio, Dave Waclaca! And now, uh, here's your host, Rob Haspani. It seems as though I took the summer off here at Squared Circle Pit. I did not forget about my wrestling fan metalheads. It's Rob, back with a very busy fall for Squared Circle Pit, got a lot of guests lined up now that i took a bit of a break thank you for sticking with me thank you for visiting us here at metal injection if this is your first episode of square circle pit i just want to let you know this is a podcast that meets at the intersection of heavy metal and pro wrestling and in the past we've had metal musicians talk about pro wrestling like slipknot's Corey taylor tools maynard Uh, we've had a lot of big A lot of big names talk about pro wrestling. And then we've had wrestlers talk about metal, like Bubba Ray Dudley, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and even CM Punk. So you can go back and check out all the archives. Lots of great episodes. Go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit. I have an awesome guest today, someone I wanted to get on the show for a long time. uh, A fellow East Coaster, a fellow Northeasterner. He's a Jersey boy. I'm a New Yorker. And we met, we hung out, we talked about pro wrestling. This was taped last week before the final weekend of the G1, so we don't really talk about what happened there. But, after the interview, stick around and I'll give you my thoughts on the G1. But right now, let's hang out with Dave LaGreca of Busted Open Radio. Oh, and I quickly actually want to remind everyone, uh, I promised Dave I would mention this, if you're going to SummerSlam this Sunday here in Brooklyn, New York... Dave and the whole Busted Radio team is going to be hosting a Summer Slam pre-party right around the corner from the event. Hit up Busted Open Radio on socials for all the info. I think Dave mentions it at the end of the show, at the end of the interview, rather, which is starting right now. Now entering the Squared Circle Pit, a man I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. You can hear him every morning on SiriusXM with Busted Open, the only daily wrestling talk show, which I love. I have Dave LaGreca here. Dave, how long have you been broadcasting? All right, so
1: I've been I've been doing radio for forever. Um, you know, I have a you know, FAN, ESPN radio, NFL radio, but uh, I've been doing Busted Open. Actually, this April will be 10 years. Wow. My 10-year anniversary of Busted Open. Well, so. congratulations.
0: It's, Thank you, man. It's, it's hard to keep a job for 10 years, especially when it's one as cool. And
1: <laughs> I... this business is almost impossible. Yeah.
0: And, you know, people <laughs> always tell me, like, oh, man, I wish I had your job. I think you're one of the very few people where I'm like, man, I wish I had your job. <laughs> I, and, and maybe it's because I'm married, but uh, I, I can't wait to go to work every day. <laughs> I'm
1: joking. please. <laughs> Violetta's going to hear this. My wife's going to hear this. She's going to get so pissed, but no. it's it's It really is a dream job, and it's it was a struggle. It, it started one day a week for an hour, and then two, and then three, and now five days a week, three hours a day, and having guys like Bully Ray and Mark Henry and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, being a part of the show it, it, it truly is a dream come true and I I look forward to going to work every day
0: It is really crazy because I feel like you know uh, I, I busted open has been on my radar for a while and at first it just seemed like kind of a passive talk show But lately it's kind of been a newsbreaker in the sense like you guys have been really scoring some top-notch Guests in the wrestling world and even guest hosts like having bully and Tom. Yeah. and all that and I feel It's evident in, in the expansion of the of the show and what, like, so you said you worked in radio before. How mm-hmm. did you fall into doing a wrestling show? It was
1: just an idea I had. Um, you know, being uh, with Sirius XM. I was the morning show producer for NFL Radio, mm-hmm. and Doug Mortman, who was my co-host for seven years of this journey, uh, we kind of came up with this idea together. Uh, we wanted to, um, we wanted to do a wrestling show. We brought it up to our boss, Steve Cohen, and. When it comes and you probably get this in the metal community too. not everybody in the mainstream community takes metal seriously. Exactly. And it's the same thing with wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, NFL, Major League Baseball, they're on board. You throw in pro wrestling, they kind of just like shake their heads. But it took some convincing. And and then Doug and I started the show and and we never looked back. And Doug's moved on to bigger and better things. But I kept this going. And 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 I think it's this is the biggest the show has ever been is right now.
0: I would have to I would have to agree, and you know I see all the time like I follow wrestling news sites, and people come on your show and they'll say something that's like, "Whoa, this is new! Like this is breaking news right here. This person just revealed something," and I think that's really cool that you guys have a platform now to kind of continue the metal uh, the wrestling story.
1: Yeah, and and it's yeah, I'm a, a lifelong wrestling fan, but I really felt it last week. You know, last week we had Billy Corgan in. And it was mm-hmm. it was the the morning of. Him playing his sold-out performance at Madison Square Garden. And he, and listen, we get celebrities in here and rock stars and Sirius XM all the time. But he came up just for Busted Open. Like he just wanted to come on Busted Open. And that really made me think like, wow, yeah, we're really doing something that's making a difference in the community. And also not just in the wrestling community, but we're also trying to branch. And that's why I'm so glad that you asked me to join. Uh, your show because it's like we're branching out even outside of the wrestling community a little bit
0: yeah absolutely and uh of course this is a wrestling meets metal podcast and and you've had me on your show which thank you very much we talked about metal a bit there but i
1: think it's i I think it's like like this is a a, you know a wrestling you know metal show Mm -hmm. but just but like that metal community is if if I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. The only thing that probably tops that for me is metal. Like that's those two things have been in my life. Like as long as I can remember has been heavy metal and pro wrestling. So the fact that you have a show that blends the two together, that's like, that's like a dream come true too, because it's like, you know, for a long time when I was a wrestling fan and I, and a metal fan back, back in the day when I was like 13, 14 years old, there wasn't that blend between mm-hmm. the two, but because of people like you, you see that blend now
0: here. Yeah. And also it's weird that there wasn't that blend because it seems like metal was such a natural or like, let's even expand it to hard rock was such a natural part mm-hmm. of pro wrestling. Even in the eighties, like Hulk Hogan's real American, that is a bona fide hard rock tune, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that is just pure hard rock. And, and rock was such a big part, like even in the attitude era, the, the, the theme song to raw is is just like the that's when you really started to yeah, feel like, it yeah it was just like and also that was a fun fact scott ian was one of the people it was scott ian uh john kelly from typo they were like the assembled band for that song so it was like written by legit metal yeah. legend so so i feel like metal and wrestling always had a connection it's only till recently that people such as myself have made the connection. This is my the favorite thing I do on Metal Injection is is this show, and I want to ask you. So, since metal and wrestling have always been a part of your life, which came first for you? Do you remember? Like, which did you get into? First it it first?
1: was metal, and that's because of my brother. My brother was uh, a big metal guy, and he's older. So, having an older brother, that's a heavy influence on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I started really young, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm talking kindergarten. Like, oh, wow. like my my in first grade and i remember this like it was yesterday my mom took my brother and i to sears and they had in the record department she gave us each a couple of bucks and said go buy whatever record album you want and i bought kiss alive too it was literally like right around when kiss alive 2 came out this is 1978 and um like i've never looked back since then Mm -hmm. and uh you know i i was a kiss fan first probably before anything but and then I remember my brother coming home and bringing home Venom at War with Satan. Oh, wow. And took, it took then it to in. like yeah. just another level. But, yeah, they, I, I've been literally a, a hard rock
0: metal fan since since the first grade. That's crazy. I wish I had a – this is why I always wish I had, like, an older brother, or an older sibling, to kind of help expose me to all the stuff that I had to seek out myself and, like, learn about myself. But you got – education early and
1: i'm listen i know you probably can't tell from my youthful good looks but i'm (laughs) i'm an old man i'm 47 years old so like i bought like you know i bought ace of spades when it first came out number of the beast when it first came out i I remember going to the record store and buying these albums without even knowing any of the songs on them just based on what i
0: already knew about these bands because of my brother so so yeah you would have to go in blind like you would buy motorhead not knowing that this is the one of the best records it of That turns out time. to be like, yeah. you, know,
1: it, 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 you know, Number of the Beast, you know, the, 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 these albums. Metallica All. I remember going in and buying that album and just buying it strictly for the album cover. I mm-hmm. never even heard of Metallica. I mm-hmm. didn't know any of the songs, but that album cover was just so brutal. And it was just so, yeah. like, I... So inviting as somebody to you know, especially at my age, right for a you young know, you young know, like man, twelve year old, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like like well, I had to yes. buy that album and then and then putting it on and getting blown away. So it w- it
0: would be out. Al- it would be vinyls that you're buying, right? Oh this yeah, point. this is yeah, this is vinyl. Right, this is yeah. early '80s, and that's really interesting. You know, so- something that gets br- brought up all the time, but like at that time, you didn't. That was the only way to know if if you would like an album is is the cover cool? Yeah, you know, you, there wasn't you couldn't really sample it. Was there was there metal on the radio at the time? Was there SOU or No, like I mean like SO
1: S- I started getting into SOU later like that was probably when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. There was a a show out of New Rochelle called Midnight Metal with mm-hmm. Matt O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. I, um I don't even know if you even have heard of the name Matt O'Shaughnessy. No, I have not. I honestly <laughs> haven't heard that name since I used to listen to the show, but this is going this is going back in to the mid 80s. He had a show um the, the radio station out of New Rochelle um, I want if if I remember correctly and I could be wrong I think it was WRTn and it was all like standards and waltz music through the day and the, his father owned the radio station and he took it over Saturday nights at midnight from midnight to five in the morning he called it midnight wow. metal and he would and that was really the only radio exposure that I remember there was like you know, like, quote unquote, hard rock shows on like NEW and stuff like that mm-hmm. on the weekends, but that was like the first ever true metal show that
0: I heard, right? Like, so hard rock would be considered like Aerosmith, like stuff, stuff like that, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, like nothing, not too heavy. So that's cool. So, then how did wrestling come into your life?
1: Uh, wrestling came into my life uh, 1982. Uh, I was by my buddy's house, Jeff Gillard, and um. He I went over there on a Saturday and he was watching wrestling on, on, on the TV and he goes, are you a wrestling fan? I said, no. And he and it, it wound up being Georgia Championship Wrestling. Now, this is New Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy. Mm-hmm. But but because of cable TV, he was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. And the first person that I saw was uh, Tommy Rich. He was being interviewed by Gordon Soley. And Tommy Rich had the long blonde hair, and it reminded me. Right, this is me, peak Tommy Rich. This is peak. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> isn't this is like FBI. This, like, yeah, <laughs> this isn't bloated Tommy <laughs> yeah, Rich. Yeah, yeah. This is like heartthrob Tommy Rich. And it remi- and and at first I thought it was David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. I yeah, thought, right. And, and and then it was Tommy Rich, and and then there was a commercial break. He comes back, and Gordon Soley is interviewing Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, was just screaming and yelling about Tommy Rich. And uh, and from, from that moment on, I was hooked. And I just was – and it's just like with metal. In wrestling, like as soon as you're hooked, you want to watch and buy everything. So right away, I looked through my TV guide to see what other wrestling shows there were. I started buying the wrestling magazines, and I was just obsessed with pro
0: wrestling from that day forward. That's a great point. I think that's so true about both genres is like once you're into it, yep. you're just into it. Like, uh, like with wrestling too, I remember as a kid, any like I was not discriminating, you know. Like I was a WWF guy, but I would tape WCW worldwide. It was on at like one in the morning usually. I would tape yeah. and watch it Sunday morning. I would watch. I got Philly channels as a kid. Like my parents' room, the antenna somehow picked up Philly channels. So uh, in my teen years, I would get first run ECW, awesome. WCCW, and like all these other companies, and I'd be like this is heaven this is absolute heaven uh, and yeah and with metal as well when i first got into it it's like i want to hear every metallica album i want to hear every yeah everything i just want to know everything about everything
1: and that was the thing there was because this is going back to when there was record stores and when i was uh, you know when i was like you know 13 14 years old there was the flea market that i went to in Elmwood park and there was a couple of record store one that's actually still called music connection elmo park that's still open which is amazing to me. It's like, I, I lo- like when that store finally closes, there's going to be a huge piece of me that just dies. Cause I, and I, I don't even need to shop there just knowing that it's there. Right, yeah. But yeah, we go in and I remember when, the new records would come in. Me and my friends would just skim through them. And like I, like we talked about before, whatever bands had like the coolest name or yeah. like, uh, or the coolest cover, those are the ones that we
0: just bought. Do you remember a situation where you felt that, but then you listened to it and it was just absolute crap? Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, obviously there, there been, were there there was was a lot a of, of those bands. There were yeah. a ton of
1: those bands. I remember there was a band called Anvil Bitch mm-hmm. and it just, <laughs> it just sounded cool. And I went back and it was, it, it was crap, but um it didn't matter like yeah. it was just like that was like the big thing at that time and and listen it's so easy now with your phones and i, and I don't want to sound like the old man it's like well back in my day it was <laughs> it was so much better but you know it was kind of cool like when you bought an album and you were listening to that record and you're just staring at the lyrics and staring at the back cover and and just you studied that album the 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 whole thing was just it was just a, a complete experience. Yeah, it was a much more romantic yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, like like I mentioned Kiss Alive 2. I was playing Kiss Alive 2 on like my Mickey Mouse record player <laughs> and I must have stared at those four pictures mm-hmm. of of you know Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Peter Chris and Ace Frehley like they're it's like embedded in my brain those because i just would stand and then you open up the gatefold and i had that live shot of all the pyro going right. off and everything it's like you're like you you said it perfectly it it was romantic it was just it was a part of you it was a thread inside of you and 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 that's the biggest thing about heavy metal music and i talked about this with Chris Jericho the last time he was on and i actually mentioned this to Baron Corbin Baron Corbin's a huge, huge metal right. guy too yeah. and Before I started to interview Baron Corbin, knowing he was a metal guy, there was right away there was like that that handshake like, what's up, brother? Like, we're all in this together. It's like you can see somebody, see somebody with an Iron Maiden T-shirt on or Metallica T-shirt, like instantly you, you feel a connection to that person. And that's the biggest thing about wrestling. Like right now, as you're interviewing me, you have the Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. Like we're
0: connected just by like the T-shirt. That just you're our wearing. shared knowledge. Yes. Of and that's a great like I actually had a connection like that with, of all people, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but they were doing one of those WWE 2K uh promo events mm-hmm. uh i believe it was two years ago and brock it was the one where brock was on the cover so he had to come out and do publicity yeah. which is his least favorite thing in the world to do and he was kind of cornered off him and paul Heyman, and you had to as a uh, all the media would stand in line and they'd have to ask you know wait their turn to ask mm-hmm. questions and he i remember he had he was just drinking vodka straight because he was just like not having a good time and all these people they're asking him like Stuff he doesn't want to talk. They're asking him about, like, oh, will you fight Conor McGregor? Or, like, are you going to beat up Randy Orton? Or, like, he's like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? And then I come up, and I'm like, hey, it's a pleasure to meet both of you. I just want to let you know I'm not going to ask anything about wrestling. I just want to talk about heavy metal. And he was like, "All right, yeah, like like he finally perked up after being like such a curmudgeon about." So Doug. Brock's
1: a metal guy. Yeah, yeah. I had so no
0: idea. He is very much a metal guy. And I was asking him what he was listening to. He was like, "I'm jamming the new Metallica right now. I've been, I I listen to a lot of Motley Crue. I think he's like more old school, like metal hard rock." And, and then I was like, "Oh, who would be your?" If you could have a tag team partner from the metal world, who would it be? And he picked Rob Zombie. He's like, (laughs) I was like, the scariest guy I know, Rob, Rob Zombie. And then the producer or whatever was like shuffling me away, like, all right, Mm -hmm. that's enough. And I was like trying to get my gear all together. And I just feel a paw on my back and like, hey, I was like, whoa, what? What's going on? And he extends his hand out to me. He's like, great interview. That was that was that was a good one. You slayed the beast, my friend. Like I felt. So, yeah, like, I, I felt so accomplished that, like, this guy, this is the thing he wants to do least in the world. And for, like, two minutes, it was not as terrible for him. So, yeah, just because we have that connection the connection, about music, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, And I think at UFC, he came out to Metallica. He did. Yeah, interesting, yeah. man. Right, right, right. So that's crazy, too, his whole. Brock Lesnar is the most unique uh, performer in professional sports right now. Like, nobody can get away with his... Uh, schedule or his like who else can go to Vince, it's Vince very and be few. like i want to go i want to go potentially permanently injure myself <laughs> in the ufc while i'm under contract to you and you have to let me do it you know no one he he's, wouldn't allow anybody he's, he's f-
1: blockbuster he's a mega star yeah. he can do pretty much whatever he wants and that that's so cool you that you have that connection with somebody like brock lesnar and that he actually complimented you because he doesn't throw away you know compliments at all um you know, Chris Jericho is somebody, obviously, has that connection with, with metal and music, with with his band Fozzy. And we text all the time, and it's always just about music. If I text him something about wrestling, I'm not going to get a reply. <laughs> but, like, we'll just ta- text about silly stuff about Kiss or about Cooper or, or or anything just to throw stuff out. And I was recently on his podcast about wrestling at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I heard that was a great But episode. he really wanted that to be with Bully and I to talk about which was a better album, uh, Shout at the Devil or Too Fast for Love. But mm-hmm. Bully, Bully wasn't on that day. It was Mark Henry, and then mm-hmm. we came up with the topic for MSG. But that...
0: Originally, it was supposed to be obviously a
1: hard rock conversation.
0: Right, right, right. So I want to. Did you? What was your first show? Was it a, re- a wrestling show or a metal show? Do it, was you a remember? Metal. it was no. My
1: first show was a wrestling show.
0: Do you remember where was it? A. Of yeah, course, it was where? no.
1: It was at the Meadowlands. Oh, Meadowlands. I'm yeah. a Jersey, right, guy. Jersey guy. Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey guy. For
0: some reason, I thought you were a Long Island guy. Like the the the. the That's a big insult to a Jersey guy. My apologies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jersey
1: all the way because there's very few of us that are proud to be Jerseys. I'm 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 that one of one of the few. You you came up in the Meadowlands,
0: basically. Meadowlands
1: is my is my building, man, and it's closed down now. And it's like it hurts me. I always like I take the train home, and I'll do it today when we're done with this interview. I'll take the train home, and I always glance over and look at that building, and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm thankful because my love. For, for wrestling and music really blossomed by being in that building, mm-hmm. um, but the first time I went to wrestling is uh, was March of 1984. My dad oh, took wow. me, okay. and it was uh, the main event was Hogan against Doctor D. David Schultz.
0: Okay, so, so that was right before. A few years before WrestleMania, like two years before WrestleMania. Yeah, it was before WrestleMania. So, yeah, since Schultz is still on the cover. This, yeah. this was before he slapped
1: John Stossel in the yeah, face yeah. on 2020. But that was the first time. But And in my, in my first concert was actually at Giant Stadium was Monsters of Rock. Oh,
0: wow. It was, who was on that?
1: It was uh, Kingdom Come, Dokken, Metallica, Scorpions, and Van Halen.
0: Wow. Wow. That is that is a great <laughs> cherry buster, and right it there.
1: was it was just before Injustice for All came out. Oh wow! So it and it was
0: was uh, David Lee Roth still with Van Halen? At that no, it was, oh, uh, was it a, was Sammy Hagar, okay.
1: and and this was when Jason said just joined Metallica. Oh wow! So it was all it was it, so it was still they were just it was heavy, obviously you know m- a Master of Puppets, and the only. So and, and Justice hadn't come out yet, so the only song they played from Injustice for All was Harvester of Sorrow. It's mm. kind of just like a taste of yeah of yeah. that album before it came out. Which, and
0: Metallica blew everybody away. That everybody was away. I mean, arguably Metallica at their peak, right there. Like right before Justice. I mean, you could argue, you know, without Cliff, it's a little past their peak, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that argument. Well, it, <laughs> I think Jason's it, Injustice
1: for All is my favorite Metallica okay, album. Yeah, 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 So that period, and, and, and I saw him at the Meadowlands on the Injustice tour. Um, that was probably, for me, like, the peak of Metallica was that tour for Injustice for All.
0: It's interesting because I feel like with Metallica fans, uh, 10 years ago, let's say 15 years ago, people were like, oh, you don't have to listen to anything after the Black album. They stopped being good after the Black album. Then it became... Oh, the Black Album sucks. You don't have to listen yeah. to anything after Justice. Now it seems like the quote unquote elitists are like, oh, I only listen to Cliff era of metallica yeah. you know like pretty soon it's like you know just ride the lightning you know like every every few years it, it regresses yeah. back where it's like no all of it all of it it's is all great. good it's yeah. all good there's there's highlights on load and reload as well like uh, overall not great albums a few good songs you know you can't yeah, it, it reloads a bit of a stretch well, you know, load. you're right you're right you're right <laughs> but i mean hey you know like i know you I... didn't
1: throw out saint anger there
0: saint anger is terrible uh lulu is terrible <laughs> yeah lulu is terrible uh death magnetic
1: all right. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's the not new bad. one hardwire very I good. I, I really like very, it. Very very good. Agree. But I remember at the time when the black album came out, there was a there was like a real backlash with mm-hmm. the back black album. First of all with the videos because they they said they were never going to have like a quote unquote video like, like a performance yeah video. and then they, they they said with one because it was a concept and yeah, you know yeah, and like everything else film. they were
0: well, they were in it yeah, yeah yeah they were in it but it was yeah. they,
1: they, that was cuz when they came out with the video for Cl- the the Cliff and wall video the mm-hmm. home video they said this is metallica we're not buying into whole MTV stuff and then they started making videos but um there was a bit of a backlash with the with the black album from that hardcore fan base but You can't deny that's a that's a great album, the Black
0: Album. Yeah, and it's exactly what they wanted to do. It's not like a a suit came to them and told them, uh, "We want you to sound like, we want you to have the same sound as Motley Crue." They're the ones that heard "Shout at the Devil" and they were like, "I want that drum sound. Get me that producer." And that's how they hooked up with Bob Rock. Like they seeked out Bob Rock. It wasn't like Elektra Records told them, "You have to work with Bob." They wanted to. That's what I don't understand about fans sometimes is like they get mad at artists they enjoy when the artist is trying to express themselves like this it is how all yeah. the time yeah this is how this artist is choosing to express himself so you can't i mean you could not like it it's your right to yeah, like it, no. but you can't tell them they shouldn't be they should be doing something else well because
1: it's the classic you sold out and right like, and that's what a lot of fans were saying about Metallic. You, you see it with every band they have their like you sold out moment when they mm-hmm. go from being just a the hardcore fan base band to, like, going mainstream, you're always going to get a pushback from, your, from yeah. your fan base.
0: It's interesting it's that way in metal. In, in the wrestling fandom, it's kind of the opposite. Like, people want you to go to WWE. Yes. Like, they want you to... Which I mean, sure, you have you have to feed your family, and, yeah.
1: and it's and it's always funny because like 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 the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes are doing like amazing historical things right now, but the whole big question is like, all right, when is when is the Young Bucks going to go to the WWE? Like that
0: always seems to be the underlying question. Yeah, and my response people. when talking to people like, do you really want to see no. the Young Bucks in WWE? Yeah, no. Like look at look at uh, Anderson and Gallows, they were the top tag team in New Japan. Yep. Now they're kind of they're on main event every week. I, I'm sure their salaries are much bigger, and their families are much happier that yes. they're home more often. But in terms of their characters, not so much. And with young bucks, they're already making. I'm assuming very good money. They're making top guy indie money. They're probably making each six figures. They're not going to get that in WWE. They're going to get. I mean. I feel like maybe now they would because because of the threat of the competition. Well, I think like their base would be bigger, but mm-hmm. their bottom line I think is better that
1: they're outside the WWE. Yeah,
0: WWE wouldn't let them do ninety percent of the stuff yeah. they're doing. Like it, it, they're doing everything on their own term, terms, and I think there's something to be said about that. And you know, it's kind of interesting because like this whole indie wrestling explosion right now is 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 pretty exciting, uh, and. I feel it really, like, the indie explosion really kicked off really hard about four, three or four years ago, I feel. Like, mm-hmm. people are really, really starting to pay attention. And I think it's finally wrestling has recovered from, like, 2001 when WCW and ECW kind of went under, and there was no alternative. It was just WWE yep. and then, like, you know, indies. But now, like, Ring of Honor has kind of built itself up Really nice, to the point that they're about to sell out Madison Square Garden. Crazy, which is so Crazy. nuts. I got my tickets. I, I'm, I, yeah, I did,
1: it, it's amazing to me. And you look at what's going on right now outside of the WWE. If you, if you and I were having this conversation a year ago, and I said that the NWA title was going to be defended in front of a sold out crowd of ten thousand fans, I would, I would have thought I was nuts. You yeah. know that that you know Ring of Honor and New Japan would be going to Madison Square Garden. First of all, I, I would say that's not ever going to happen. Yeah, that's impossible. WWE it's would literally never impossible. let that happen. Yeah. Vince McMahon would never let that happen, number one. And number two, like that place would be half empty. And first day sales, they sold 9,000 tickets first day. And that's only for their Honor Club members. That's not even to the general audience right. yet. And they have nine. Th- so yeah. that, I, we're going to look at a sold-out crowd.
0: I explicitly signed up pro- for Honor Club just for the pre because i'm like i first non-wwe msg show in 50 years i have to be like the garden to me i am a total mark for the garden anytime i go to a show there wrestling rock i fucking get into that main room i'm like just dazzled <laughs> like yeah. i look at the, the the beautiful like roof all the all the team flags i do a little Sc- like a little, you know, flashback of how upset I was at the Knicks fucking up in the '90s yes. by seeing all their division championships. If 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 you
1: ain't <laughs> just dunked the ball instead of the finger roll against oh the my Pacers, god. who knows? Oh what my god! Happen.
0: So many, like, fucking Reggie Miller ruining <laughs> it for everybody. <laughs> and, but it's just it's so, there's so much history in that, and like I've seen so much wrestling in that arena, yeah. so many, and you on TV. So it's like there's so much to take in, and to be in that arena and see. Tanahashi Okada like I, I can't even fathom it I think the one the one
1: knock for me uh, uh, when it came to the garden was the fact that it was just WWF WWE centric mm-hmm. when it came to wrestling right um, and and, and music wise you're right like you know I saw the you know when the kiss you know kiss reunited they did four nights at the garden I was there three of the four nights it was just amazing but my knock on the garden was that it's just WWF WWE mm-hmm. yeah and um, you can't say that anymore now. Yeah,
0: and and uh, and oddly, it's WWE's own fault. Yeah, <laughs> like because uh, what happened? You know, if you don't follow the wrestling too closely, what happened is WWE booked WrestleMania at Giants or MetLife Stadium, mm-hmm. and then they booked all the peripheral shows, NXT, Raw, SmackDown at Barclays in Brooklyn. Yep. But last time they did it at MSG, all the all the other shows, right? No, they, what
1: they did is they had it and they were smart. It was at MetLife for for 29. Mm -hmm. All, like, Raw and SmackDown Mm -hmm. were... Well, actually, it was just Raw because SmackDown was later in the week. It it wasn't like the the back-to-back like it is now. Yeah, they had it. But they had fan access and they had Raw at the Izod Center, the, the Meadowlands right, Arena. Right. Oh,
0: okay, and then just the Hall of and Fame. And they had Hall
1: of Fame here at the Garden. Mm-hmm. And to me, the probably the most special night out of all those nights, including WrestleMania, was the Hall of Fame, because Bruno got in, Foley got in, yeah, Bob Backlund class. got in. It Trish was an amazing Stratus, class. Yeah, amazing class. Mm-hmm. This year, like you said, everything's at the Barclays. Not one event is at Madison Square Garden. As a wrestling fan, as, as a wrestling purist, as a historian, like how can you have... WrestleMania weekend in New York, New Jersey, and not have one of those events at Madison Square right. Garden. So you're right. I think the Garden was like, this is ridiculous. You're only giving us about two or three live events a year. Mm-hmm. You're, we're going to look elsewhere. And that's exactly what they did. And they're going to have a huge crowd.
0: Yeah, it's. I am very fascinated uh, by this. And I'm very fascinated by the non-WWE wrestling scene because I think it's really having a moment. And I think what's kind of going on, is for the longest time people were not necessarily into the product WWE is delivering. Yep. Whether the storylines, the wrestlers, or whatever, and finally the the technology has caught up to where you can watch other promotions all over the world mm-hmm. just from your phone, your computer, and it's much easier. Like I can't, I am still floored that there is a ongoing New Japan tournament, and I can watch it live. I can watch it live with English commentary. Like it's crazy. Uh, ten years ago, my only outlet to Japan was, like, the most low-res daily motion yeah. <laughs> imports. And, like, a friend would have to, like, you know, there, there was no centralized location for it. So you kind of had to either, like, my friend was really into IRC. So he had, like, that way of getting it. He's like, here, you got to check out this Kenta uh, Marufuji match or whatever. And I'm like, all right, sure. Whereas now I'm like, I... I would say I'm more into New Japan than WWE at the moment. Just I, because it's so I'm with good. you,
1: man. I'm I, I, First of all, like I, I'm going back to the eighties. Like I was, I, I would order the videotapes and it would take for remember 12 to 14 weeks to get, right. to get the, you know, the VHS tape that only had like 60 minutes of, 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 of wrestling on it, but it, it was, it was something different. It was something yeah. new. Um, you're so right. We kind of take it for granted. Like, When I'm on the train after this interview, I got the New Japan icon on my phone. I I, I go to New Japan World and I'll watch I'll watch the G1. Mm -hmm. Um, or I'll go on to the fight app and watch the latest episode of Ring of Honor. Right. You know, or it's it's just right on my phone. Yeah. I'm like like when I'm right in home. the
0: gym, I'm doing cardio. I'm watching G1 because you know it's the awesome. G1 is every night. You got to fucking yeah. It's, it's like a, it's homework.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy. Like Tanahashi's in first place. I'm like yeah. ecstatic about that.
0: This has been an unbelievable G1. We're we're recording this right before the final. Week. Yeah. And I, I mean, the B block has been the highlight like there have been crazy matches ishii and omega ishii and ibushi like anything with ishii ibushi omega five star naito yeah 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 ishii and omega got (laughs) 5.5 like five stars not good enough five good
1: five stars is like good now because yeah Dave melter's raised it to like seven stars now right right
0: well i I guess like for him it's like well what is a five star match this was better than that match so i have to rank it a liar Uh, But even that, like even with WWE now, like you said, I remember vividly it'd be the the wrestling videos would come out on a Tuesday, like a month after the pay-per-view and I would run to the video store to rent it. And like they knew me. They knew what I was there for. And like that was the only way to keep up with wrestling is like two months behind the pay-per-views. And I guess there were only four a year at the time. So it wasn't that bad. But it's crazy now that I can go and look at all of those pay-per-views whenever I want. It's just like the technology has made being a wrestling fan and to bring it back to music, being a music fan easier than ever. Yeah, because it's the same thing with music. Like I'm always
1: going to find out what the latest music news is. You know, back in the day it was, you know. Metal Edge and Circus and Hit Parader magazine, right. and you're finding it out three months after the fact, and now it's like right now I can find out what's going on right in the moment. It's right. crazy. Yeah. And the fact, like too, that I host, like a, like I can't believe it. Like I host a three-hour, five-day-a-week wrestling show where we can talk about New Japan and Ring of Honor and, of course, WWE, but I always try to mix in those other things. I always yeah. try to give a voice to even like the, the like evolve or any of the indie scenes like we had joey janela and y- you know yesterday talking about his his show that's coming up lost in new york i want to give that platform that that we're not just talking about the wwe because the wwe has their own platform i kind of yeah. want to be the voice for other wrestling so that uh, you know people can can hear about it and also people can discover it
0: yeah and you could expose people yes. to new wrestling yeah and, That's the other thing I feel like, uh, again, going back, back, quote unquote, back in the day, people would just follow WWF or WCW. They wouldn't or like maybe ECW, but like they wouldn't know anything about indie or Japanese wrestling. Now, I have friends of mine who are casual wrestling fans, do not watch every week. They know about Kenny Omega. They know about Joey Janela. They could just because of these or Joey Ryan, for example, yeah. just like people that don't even watch wrestling know about Joey Ryan just because of the virality of of his shtick.
1: Well, think about it. And like you mentioned, the young bucks, you can go into Hot Topic at the mall and right. see Cody
0: T-shirts and Young Buck T-shirts. That to me is so crazy. I was I was visiting friends in Virginia. We went to the mall to get some food or whatever. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's Hot Topic. I just want to go in see what the deal is here and it's prominent like yep. it's like one of their main selling points it's insane and then even though
1: like i may even have a ton of rest like i i see it i have to buy it like it- it's like i have to put money towards it i have to support it in some way <laughs> even though they don't need my support at this point
0: i just feel like i have to support the cause so to speak do you feel like you have to watch certain wrestling shows like like uh, is it part of your job yes. to keep up with like impact every week and raw and smackdown and whatever i obviously
1: i have to without a doubt watch raw smackdown and nxt every week because mm-hmm. we're talking about it the next day right um something like the g1 uh, you know i'm gonna watch it obviously but i can watch it at my own time it's it's Unless we until we get to the finals, that's not going to be a hot topic on the show. But, mm-hmm. you know, the finals of the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom are going to be obviously. Right. That's, you know, show, those are so something yeah. that we're going to talk about or or if, you know, Dominion of Jericho's on the show, you know, something like that. Um, Impact Wrestling, I, I definitely watch, though. I could probably get away without watching that. That's not something that, unless I bring it up, nobody else is going to bring that mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. And obviously working with Bully, I watch Ring of Honor every yes, week. Yes, And then just for my own enjoyment, I'm watching New Japan on Access and I'm watching MLW on Friday nights.
0: Oh, MLW too. Yeah. I, I went to see their taping uh, two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Battle Riot. Oh yeah, Battle Riot. Yeah, that was great. I it was like it was it was one of the most legit indie shows I've ever been to. Like it it was a top notch production. They brought in so much great talent, and personally, it was just exciting to see Pentagon and Phoenix on the East Coast because I I flew out uh, to a PWG show and I was just like beyond blown away by both of them. And it's crazy to me that like Pentagon is the star of that duo, and Pentagon is amazing. Don't get me wrong, and and one of the most metal characters in pro wrestling right Really? Now. But I think Phoenix is so underrated because he can do every style. He obviously has Lucha Unlocked, but he's a great grappler. He had a match with Zack Sabre at Battle of Los Angeles, and he had Zack Sabre's match. They were doing hold and counter and he was like he was right do there anything, with him man. yeah he's
1: really versatile and I, I love mlw shane strickland right yeah uh, is, great, is great and he, and and all rumors are saying he's kind of on the wwe's radar right now right. but he's somebody we had him in studio he
0: he has the gift
1: of gab and he has a presence about him
0: and mm-hmm. yeah he's he, i i love watching him yeah and it's interesting now with wwe they have this huge cash influx coming in from fox and their new usa deal they're making they're going to be making like two and a half billion a year or, or something like that. Uh, or no, no, no. Like $2.5 over five years. That's what it is. Yeah. And so they have all the money in the world. So it'll be really inter- interesting to see six months from now where the indie scene is. Because you have to feel like WWE is feeling the heat right now. They're not happy that Ring of Honor and New Japan sold out MSG. Here's why they're not happy. Not just because that's their home turf, quote unquote. It's because there's going to be executives in the new york media world that are going to take note of the fact yep. that here is this alternate product to WWE that's selling out madison square selling out the most famous arena in the world and if WWE can get 500 million dollars a year for their tv maybe you know maybe the executives at turner or viacom or some of these other competing corporations are like well maybe we should spend you know 50 million a year on, on TV, which Ring of Honor will gladly take, or
1: or really where they're where they're at right now with Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair mm-hmm. bro- Broadcasting is huge, right? But I don't think they respect wrestling and Ring of Honor enough to put them in a prominent spot. So, like, I'm sure Joe Coff with Ring of Honor is going to invite those suits over, absolutely, and say, "Hey, look at this. Look look around. This this you know sold out crowd here." This is still as big. Wrestling is as big as it's ever been, and we're a part of that. And I think that's going to be a big help. And you're right. I'm sure the WWE not scared, but you know what? It's let's just say it's on their radar for sure. It's not necessarily that they're scared. It's just
0: like it's it's business. It's like there's money out there. And these other companies are going to be up for it when that money could be ours. You and when know? there's
1: a spark, there's fire. Yeah. And who knows how this is going to heat up. Now, listen, these other companies are way behind when it comes to the WWE. Right. And They're WWE, nowhere in the league. Yeah, WWE are trendsetters. But again, all all it takes, just like in a, a band in music, you know, you may have the number one album, the number one song one day, but there's somebody else that's gonna. Who knows the,
0: who where the next band is gonna come right. from? Look ba- if you look back twenty five years ago, WCW was completely in the shit. They was a were total. Yeah, it was dead. It was practically out of business. Two years later, they're beating W. It, it took two years just to beat W. That's all it took for them. Now, obviously, WWE is way further ahead of the game. Like it's not even a thing but there could be something on their tail so it'll be interesting to see how the wwe tries to kind of put a block on it
1: well the proof is in the pudding we had mike weber on who 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 is with fight and he was with wcw he's with wwf he's been everywhere Mm -hmm. and he talked about when he was in wcw just like you said it was a struggle just to get people to come to center stage which only hold like a few hundred people right and two years later they're you know, 40,000 fans for, right, for a Georgia, WCW, Dome. It's a yeah. Georgia Dome, for WCW Nitro. It happened that quick. If you and I are having this discussion two years ago, I remember New Japan and Ring of Honor having a show together at Coney Island at the ballpark. Right. In Coney yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah, I There's went to like that. 1,200 people there. Yeah. And now we're talking about it. 20,000 20,
0: fans at Madison Square Garden. It can yeah, happen that nuts. fast. It's also like, uh, that's you made a great point about Sinclair, which I haven't really thought too much about. And it's true. I kind of feel like ROH was kind of like the redheaded stepchild of Sinclair. Like, yeah, like they just bought it because it's like, oh, we have a little bit of content to throw on our stations. And I remember there was a time they had a WrestleMania weekend show in like some warehouse and the production on it was like, embarrassing, I remember. It was just... And and I feel like for the first 10 years or whatever, Ring of Honor's plight, they always were behind on... Like, the production quality never matched how good the wrestling quality was. Like, I would go to a live show at Grand Ballroom or Hammerstein and be like, this is the best wrestling in the world, but then when I would wait for the tape to come out and load it into my DVD player or whatever, I'm like, "Why does this look like it's like you know shot on my my camcorder?" Yeah, you know? awful. So they were always a little behind. And then that one WrestleMania weekend, they got so much shit. Like you're owned by a major corporation, blah blah blah. That I think Sinclair, like they showed it to Sinclair, like we're getting called out for our production. And Sinclair at that point upgraded their production to what it is now, and now it's no complaints. Uh, other than sometimes I feel like they don't mic the crowd. Jug. They don't. They don't like, like, the, like crowd the crowds good. are much hotter when you're in there than if you watch on TV. But I think now that they see, oh, OK, we're selling out Madison Square Garden. Maybe we should be throwing more funding at Ring of Honor because, you know, they're doing something right.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, we've had so much growth over the last year. I'm really excited to see what happens in 2019. And
0: I agree. Like, even if last WrestleMania were like. Uh, next year, Ring of Honor is going to sell at Madison Square. And I'm like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. I mean, and WrestleMania <laughs> is
1: four months ago. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking, uh, the Ring of Honor had their their biggest attendance they've ever had of 6,000 fans. Right. 6,000 fans. Yesterday alone, in a few hours, they sold 9,000 tickets. Right. In just a few hours. And again, all in, 10,000 fans in less than 30 minutes. This is, this this we, we have to go back. To the WCW days to see a company outside of the WWE that's had this much growth and had this much excitement, had this much popularity. Right. This, this is going to be the largest non-WWE
0: attendance yep. in 20 years. Crazy. It's sure. wonderful. Well, before we wrap up, let's just talk a little bit more. I, I, I wanted to bring up my favorite venue of yesteryear, LeMor, <laughs> uh, because I grew up by Lemoore. Uh I live in Brooklyn. I It's so funny. Once I was old enough to move out on my own. I moved, no exaggeration, two avenues away from Lemoore, and that's when it shut down. <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh, my God. When I could finally walk to the show, because it was, you know, the thing about New York is space was very hot commodity. And, like, if you were going to a metal show, unless it's a big band that's in the Garden or uh, Nassau mm-hmm. Coliseum, you're going to go to Bumblefuck, like, out of your way to yep. find clubs. And Lemoore was no different. There, a train did go there, but it was in a very industrial area. But it had the best shows. What were some of the shows you saw? Online? Well, I I have
1: gotten kicked in the face at, at Lemoore's a couple of times. <laughs> As
0: did many people. Um yeah, you're right. L'Amour
1: is like in comparison to wrestling, it's like it's like the Hammer, it's like the Hammerstein. It's like or like, the like the ECW t- Arena Yeah, maybe. it's like yeah. It, it it really had that. I I, I saw Slayer there. It, you know, it, it I saw Manowar uh, open up for Motorhead at Lamore in Brooklyn. Wow. Um I, I, my my ears are still ringing from that show. <laughs> I swear. I I I, I thought I was deaf coming out of that show. Like it was crazy how loud that show was. But probably the the show that meant the most to me was seeing Slayer at Lamore. Yeah, and it was right after it was right after Rain and Blood came out.
0: So peak Slayer, that's peak, arguably peak, peak Slayer.
1: And I'm tell, I don't know if you've seen this. And there's some people that I truly respect and like and admire, and they talk about Slayer and people talking about that seasons in the abyss may be their best album or mm-hmm. th- there is th- there is no conversation no I there is zero conversation to be had it's rain and blood and it's not even close the conversation is what slayer's second best yes. album that's that, where the argument have. is you, yeah. uh, if to me the greatest thrash album of all time is rain and blood in my opinion okay it's it's that, that it's, it's even... rain and blood yeah. You you don't agree.
0: I mean I haven't I haven't thought about it. Like okay. I, I need a minute All to right. think about it. Uh mm-hmm. Rain and Blood is one of Rain and Blood is one of the first like hard extreme metal albums that I got into and, mm-hmm. and it was death. And, and it's so funny cuz looking back it's like like now it's like it's not that heavy. <laughs> it's it's heavy in 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 context if you've never heard anything yeah. heavy before. Uh that album means a lot to me. It would be between that Ride the Lightning uh, which is my favorite Metallica album, uh, and and maybe as an outside pick, Carnivore uh, Retaliation, because I great. feel like that like Carnivore doesn't get the credit for like the thrash that they did, just because Peter Steele was so much more successful with Typo, but they were doing it, man. They yeah. were fucking. My, I loved it.
1: My I you know I I, I remarried, and um, you know my stepdaughter is a huge huge typo negative fan Mm. and it's kind of weird that like you know a quote-unquote daughter of mine is blasting carnivore (laughs) in the next room and she does like she plays those first those those two carnivore albums like all the time and it's it's like all right there's hope here
0: (laughs) that's great for the future because you better
1: listen to carnivore
0: uh absolutely And, and you could really hear where peter was going like there are little typo parts sprinkled in like little Piano parts in Carnivore, which is always really cool. yeah, you, to see you, as you're well. right. It's, you, you can
1: it's not just that heavy, fast music. There, right, were, right. There, there, were, there are like breakdowns in the song, and there are some like little you know, goth arches interludes. and slow yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, can, you definitely hear some of the where like you said, where he was going. Also, you mentioned Lamore in Brooklyn. I just have to throw out a venue and I talked to, to you about it before we started taping mm-hmm. is streets in New Rochelle. like that club. And probably it's not remembered and there's no stories tied to it. And, you know, nobody has a, a monument anywhere in remembrance to Streets in New Rochelle. It kind of just became, you know, when by the, by the end of the 80s, it became a dance club and it completely got forgotten about. But Streets in New Rochelle is really where I got my first live experiences to a lot of the bands that I still love now. You know, I like, I saw suicidal tendencies at Streets in New Rochelle. I saw you know I saw Dark Angel at Streets in New. Ro- I saw Death at Streets in New None Rochelle. Not people talk
0: about Dark Angel anymore. Such an underrated band. They yeah,
1: they, I, I, I I I believe that too. Like, yeah. You know, Ludacris. I saw at Streets in New Rochelle. Like there there's a lot of these bands that. Like people still like today that I I first saw them because they were one of the few clubs that it was, you know, 17 to enter 21 to drink. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was able to go with my brother because my brother was old enough to drink and I was just a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So I had that as a senior in high school, I had that live exposure of going to New York and seeing
0: these bands. Well, one thing you, you say you're an old man. At least you grew up in arguably the best era of heavy metal music. I, I, I
1: you know what, man, you're so right. I, I am so blessed and to be able to 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 grow up and and live through that. You yeah. know, To see a lot of these bands that are still bands th- that are playing now, which is crazy. You know, it's it's you know. It, there's so many bands, again, and, and there's Guns N' Roses, and, and maybe the people listening to this like, will hate me for it, but Guns N' Roses sucked when I saw them back in the 80s, and they suck now. <laughs> 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 They're the one band that hasn't changed. They
0: sucked back then, and they suck now. I love it. That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to live through the whole hair metal thing, but... That's fine. They,
1: you know, there's some of that
0: I like too. Yeah, of course. I mean,
1: there was. Good, I didn't like hard it. Then,
0: I didn't like it then. Right. But I,
1: I, I think for nostalgia, I appreciate it and like it now. Well, what
0: are some of those bands that you think?
1: Like, your... um, you know, like a Motley Crew. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah of you know, like a, like a Motley Crew. I, I honestly didn't like or respect then. Yeah. Because by that point, when I I was into the Venoms and the Slayers, right? You're into metal. You're yeah, into the so denim. The, not yeah, the I was, yeah, 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 I was. Yeah, I was so like you know, I, I like when Home. You know, when uh, Theater of Pain came out, I was like, the, the, you know, come on, like all right, <laughs> all right, I'll listen to shout at the devil, but don't give me this crap. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So a lot. Of, that was the one bad thing about metal back in the mid '80s is that a lot of those. Like quote unquote hair metal bands or glam bands got lumped in with the, tr- the true metal bands, right? Like you know, because the the to me the two debates are like Metallica or Slayer or Judas Priest or or, or, or Iron Maiden, maiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm more of a Priest guy than a Maiden guy. Priest was always heavier for me. Um,
1: I was a Priest guy then. I'm more of a Maiden guy
0: now. Mm, interesting. interesting.
1: I think I think Priest like in the '80s was I, I liked them and appreciated them more than Iron Maiden in the eighties. Yeah. But like I think there is a cap on Priest. Like I think there was a certain point where it kinda ended for them. Yeah, I agree. And where like Iron Maiden still pumps out very good albums.
0: So the last Priest album though I thought was very the last that, two. The, 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 yes. Yeah.
1: But it's not, you know it's I got really saying, though, Judas Priest and, anymore. Yeah, like they had a dip. You know, lost yeah. KK
0: Downing and so totally got it. Yeah, whereas Maiden is still Maiden it's just. So add, maiden. maiden adds members. They don't remove yeah, they, members. They don't remove members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long
1: as Nick McBrain is still in the band, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that.
0: Well, David, thank you so much for for taking. That's some it. Time. That's it. That's all. We we've been talking almost an hour now. <laughs> is that we've right? Been, yeah. We're this is. <laughs> I just feel
1: like we scratched the surface. But I know. No, this, I is know. All, this is awesome. I listen. You know, I just did my show for three hours. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you
0: forever. So this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you coming to town. Uh, uh, busted open on every day. XM Rush. Is it's it? a, well, we just changed names
1: of the channel. It's now uh, SiriusXM Fight Nation. Fight Nation, which fits in better with the whole combat sports motif yes, yes. of the channel. But you can hear a Busted Open nine a.m. to noon Eastern Time. Like you said, Monday through Friday, myself, Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer. So if you're if you're a big wrestling fan, whether you're a hardcore fan or just a casual fan, I think you would enjoy our show. And what's the
0: channel number? on Ninety three. Ninety three. There we go. David, thank you so much. I will see you either in the pit or at the wrestling. Show. I still do. I still do the pit, man. I don't do the pit. I'm in the pit back. Anymore? I'm in the back. I'm in the I'm by the bar. With my arms crossed. You know what? I, I always end up finding myself on the edge of the pit. I think just because I'm a, a tall guy and people just retreat behind me. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. I know, I know we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Greatest concert you've ever been to? The greatest concert... I See, the greatest concert experience I ever had was uh, the first Sounds of the Underground Tour. Uh, the headliners were Lamb of God, Clutch, Guar. Wow. And the reason it was so great is it's like a combination of everything. It was an outdoor show. I had all my friends. Uh, this was like it was just such a fun, full day that I have very positive memories of that. That's awesome. So that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, I saw pink. Fl- this is a metal, but I saw Roger Waters at Yankee Stadium do the wall, which Blew every metal show I've ever gone to out you know, of the water. You're not
1: the only person. I've I've talked to a lot of people that were really Pink Floyd fans that went to that show yeah. and thought it was the greatest show they've ever seen. It it like
0: it was like this is the pinnacle of live performance. It, like every the sound was better than the record. You know it was so cr- The band that he had was amazing. He had. G. E. Smith from SNL was his band leader, wow. so he was fucking shredding it up, and the whole presentation was just like next level. Uh, and the Big Four, I saw the Big Four in New York. That was a really I missed the really Big Four. Show.
1: I saw like I would call it the Mini Four back in 1990. <laughs> I saw um oh the Clash of the Clash Titans. of the Titans yeah yeah and I saw that I saw it in uh, Middletown, New York at, at a racetrack. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, you know, Allison Chains opened up and nobody knew who Alice, right. Alice in Chains was. And they practically got booed off. But that was right in the middle of the feud between Megadeth and Slayer. So like Megadeth was next up. And while Megadeth was playing, there was a helicopter that landed far off the left from the stage. And Slayer came out of the helicopter. <laughs> so during Megadeth's set, wow. everybody was looking at the helicopter and chanting Slayer
0: wow <laughs> it was
1: amazing
0: <laughs> so i'm guessing that's one of your one yeah of your it's, def-
1: it's definitely one of the best shows what, I've what seen. else you got what uh is- seeing kiss reunite you know as a, as a long time kiss fan seeing them reunite with the original members and playing madison square garden was awesome as i told you before i'm a huge alice cooper fan so right. anytime alice cooper plays it's like that yeah. was my favorite concert <laughs> like every time i see yeah, him, yeah. He, he just gets better with age it's unbelievable and the band that he has right now i think is Honestly, the best band that he's had since the original band.
0: You mentioned Allison Chains. I never got to see the original Allison Chains, sadly. But when they did their reunion shows, their first one back uh, with the new singer, uh, William Duvall, mm-hmm. I saw that at Irving Plaza, and it made me ten times more of an Allison Chains fan really? because they were just so good. And it's really just like. It was one of those moments, like, I never, heard, I heard those songs my whole life, but I never heard them live. And hearing the power of that music live is like, wow, these are fucking
1: jams.
0: You know, these are, like, legit, yeah, like, great songs. And I just went back and, like. Dove deep into that That's whole so cool that,
1: See that's That's what a good Performance will do Yeah That you want to hear More of it once it's over I, I gotta throw out You know we, we talked about Mike Metallica When I saw Metallica You know on, on the Black album tour well, they didn't have an opening band it was just them it was just an evening with metallica mm-hmm. and they played over two plus hours and again there's no there's no filler there there's nothing from load or reload It's right. just their classic period and them opening up with like am i evil and like it's just that
0: wow you know? just the peak of their stamina yeah, and performance yes, and, yeah. yeah so yeah honestly i didn't even go to these uh farewell slayer shows just because it was like you know what I've said my farewell to Slayer. I can't. I get it. I, 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 I was I
1: I um I I actually a buddy of mine got me a ticket and I was psyched to go. But Ring of Honor was that night at the Hammerstein and I mm-hmm. wanted to go, uh, you know, I wanted to support Bully. Plus, my my daughter is a big Ring of Honor fan and oh, she loves awesome. she loves Marty Skrull. So I had to go. But yet, you know what? There's a part of me that says, you know what? I saw Slayer at their peak. Yeah, it's um, never going to be. As I good. it's it. I'm not going to see that Slayer. I'm mm-hmm. I, I, I. You're right. I I came to peace. Like I'm I'm good. Like yeah. I'm I, I'm honestly I'm good with Metallica. I I don't want to see Metallica anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm good. Like I've seen them. They're never going to be as good as they were. And as this is not a knock on them. This is not saying you shouldn't go see if no, you haven't seen Metallica. Go go, go. Yeah, yeah, go. D- yeah definitely especially if you haven't seen them. Yeah. But I've I've come to peace with that. Right.
0: Yeah. And I and I think that's like a very uh, powerful moment in a music journey when you're like, all right, this isn't mine anymore. You know, like I've experienced it it. Yeah.
1: Now with Alice Cooper, I will see him and I have an obsession with Alice Cooper. I will see him until I can't see him anymore. Like. I don't know who's gonna live longer, him or me. I mean, which is sad to say, because there's a thirty-plus year difference between. <laughs> he's, he's a, he looks great for but, it. Um, like. But but um, but I will see him until I can't see him anymore. And I've, I've seen him well over thirty times. And but but he
0: puts on a show. Yes, yeah, he puts just, on a show. Like it's it's like Slayer and some fire. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah yeah yeah. So it's just yeah. So I can see that, and like that's kind of how it is with Guar. I feel anytime I see them. It's always a different thing because they they just have such a live theater performance to it, you know. But anyway, we can go on about this Sorry, for like I, another. I prolonged three hours. this another fifty it's minute minutes. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're you, doing great on time. And, and Dave, thank you so much. Thank well, you, man. I'll have you. We'll have you back on maybe do some sort of metal roundtable with a few I, other I'm, people. I'm so up could, for whatever, man. I uh, am. I am the biggest whore you'll ever meet.
1: <laughs> I will do just about
0: anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, well, on that note. <laughs> Bust it open every weekday. Serious XM Fight Nation. You're gonna be at All In. You're gonna be on the Jericho cruise. Oh good, I'm glad. I, I always forget about promoting myself. We're gonna be I don't know when you're gonna
1: post this, but we uh, have a week, we week. have a SummerSlam party that's happening at the King's Brewery. Um Uh, Right outside Barclays uh, Just about a block away It's myself and Mark Henry from 3-5 to Eastern Time We're going to be in Brooklyn So please come by and see us And we have breakfast with Busted Open That's going to happen all in weekend Uh, We're going to be doing our show Friday morning that weekend It's free to the public So come by and see Bullying.
0: Dave LaGreca, wonderful gentleman Great talk, we're going to talk for another hour or two And uh, I'm sure if we recorded it After this weekend We would have talked for another hour Because the New Japan Annual Summer Tournament, the G1 Climax has concluded, and I've seen so many great matches that I feel like I've been spoiled now to the point that I'm... And, you know, I don't like to be negative, but I'm genuinely not excited about SummerSlam. I'm not not excited, but I'm just very indifferent about SummerSlam because of how great the G1 Climax was, and I know that nothing on the show, maybe Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles will come anywhere close to the matches that I saw in the last month. There were 96 matches in the tournament alone. I watched, I wanna say at least 90 of them. I, I maybe, I skipped only a few and there have been so many good ones. If you have not gotten into New Japan and you've just been hearing me and other people talking about it and you wanna get into it, you got cable, access TV every Friday night, I believe at 9 p.m. they're gonna be doing the best matches from the G1 you got to check this out if you want to search for them online or go to njbwworld.com. My favorite match of the entire tournament was the final. The final was unreal. It was so emotional. Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. I mean, I'm spoiling it, but by this point, yeah, I feel. it's been a few days. It's fine. But it was one of the best matches I'd ever seen the night before. Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi, another excellent match. Not quite the barn burner I thought it would be, but it was clear. The reason it wasn't quite the barn Burner is because they know they're, they will be wrestling again down the line, and they're really saving it for their big main event match, which wouldn't have a 30-minute time limit. And, of course, Ibushi is entitled now to a title shot since he beat the, the world champion, as is Ishii. Holy crap, possibly the MVP of the G1 tournament. Really enjoyed all of Ishii's matches. My favorite was the one he had with Kota Ibushi. Most will say the Kenny Omega match, was the best match, Code of uh, Kenny Omega versus Ishii. I, I like the Kota and Bushi match better, and, and in my opinion, the, the last night was the best match of the tournament. So many great matches. Definitely check out the G1. While I might not be too excited about SummerSlam, uh, although, you know, actually, after watching Raw, that angle with, uh, Paul Heyman was pretty interesting. It kind of got me back into the main event, which I give it to them. I'm into Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles that should be a good match I don't really think Nakamura against Jeff Hardy if they keep it as a singles Randy Orton just gonna interfere so I hope you know they just add him to it I hope Carmella loses the title because as much as I like her as an act I don't think she should be a women's champion I think Ronda Rousey is gonna win there's already been Advertising for shows later in the year with her with the title, but I, I kind of felt like uh, they should have probably saved that soul WrestleMania or something. I don't know. I hope I hope she doesn't win and still chases it. And she's actually been one of the highlights of, of Raw lately. And the rest of the matches, I don't know, guys. I just it's it's not really doing much for me. The the match I'm least looking forward to is Finn Balor versus Constable Corbin, which uh, more a slight on. Constable Corbin than Finn Balor because I'm a big fan of Finns. Uh, but the night before NXT Takeover Brooklyn, both of these shows are within walking distance from my house. I'm uh, pro- like most likely not going to Summerslam. I'm heavily considering getting a ticket to NXT Takeover because that lineup looks awesome. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa in a Last Man Standing match should be unreal. Uh, Kyrie Zayn versus Shayna Baszler should be phenomenal. Uh, British Strong Style against uh, Undisputed Era will be great. You know, all these matches. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus EC3, one of the most fun feuds. And Ricochet versus uh, Adam Cole, Bay. Are you kidding me? That's going to be great. So that's, that's probably going to be better than SummerSlam. <laughs> so I'm more looking forward to that than I am to SummerSlam. But here we are. We're back. Maybe after SummerSlam I'll do a little recap show. Or maybe not. Let me know what you want to hear from Squared Circle Pit. What guests you want to hear. Tweet me at Squared Circle Pit. No E in circle. At Rob Injection my personal account. I will be back in the next two weeks with a brand new episode. And I will try to be as consistent as possible with this one. Thank you for sticking around. See you next time. In the pit. <laughs>